0: Hello, this is Gary Naylor. Before I begin sharing with you the main purpose of this podcast, I want to express my gratitude for what some have related to me, and that is your appreciation for this that means a lot to me. It's one of the nice things about a podcast is it comes across as personal, and hearing from you. And your gratitude concerning the podcast, what they mean to you, that is very important to me because this is what this work is all about. It's about people and about what Yahweh God is going to do in our lives. And so I'm very grateful to hear that this podcast is meaningful to you. And frankly, I pray that it become even more and more meaningful. As we have the opportunities to come before you, we get the latter rain. I may not be as available on the podcast, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. For now, I'm very grateful to be here with you and to share with you. This podcast, of course, is going to cover April. What's happened in April since our last recording on April 21. Today is April 30. The last day of the breach. Man, there were times I didn't think that this day would come. And when it did, what's it going to be like? Are we going to have anything left? It's like being in a storm and the wind is blowing and raging against you. And you're wondering what's going to be left once the wind dies down. April has been an incredibly difficult and vexing and trying month. And yet, even so, it gives hope. You say, well, Gary, how can it give hope? Well, you'll understand as you listen to this podcast why so. It's like the cross. Wasn't that a bitter, terrible experience? But in reality, on the other side, there was hope. From it. And here we've been (laughs) 2,000 years with the body of Christ essentially on the cross, suffering, and if not on the cross, at the hands of the Romans. And it has been a vexing time as well. And what we need is for Yahweh to complete that crucifixion and to pour out his spirit upon us and give us life and hope and power to prepare the way for Emmanuel, just like the first remnant had. That's what we need today. We need the latter rain, and that's what we hope for come May 31. Of course, March was... Fine. It was good. Towards the end of the month, we saw that Abdi had a wreck and broke his leg. And Brother Choi passed out. And then Jacob was beaten with rods. But man, April 1st? With that accident? In fact, the reality is, I just got off the phone And here again, I'm talking to you from the calendar day of April 30. And Caleb calls me and says, we need another windshield. That windshield that was broken on the accident of April 1, it is falling out. It's cracked. It must have been a cheap windshield. And looking at the price of a replacement, $600 in Africa for a tempered windshield. Evidently, the other one wasn't. It was cheap. Caleb called me today on April 30th and said, we need a new windshield. (laughs) Folks, that's exactly what we need, too. I hadn't even thought about this. We need a new windshield. We need one that gives us more light, more understanding, gives us fulfilling hope, and gives us a new perspective on life. We need a new windshield, folks. I pray it's one that... (laughs) It hasn't been painted like time requires of us. I hope we begin to see things that we've never seen before. So, yes, I guess so. It may be quite fitting that Caleb calls me today on April 30th and says we need a new windshield. Guess what? It's going to cost $600. Hmm. 6,000 years, maybe. Folks, we need to have new vision and understanding of what Yahweh God's going to do. And I hope from henceforth, we are going to have new sight. So where do we begin? Let's go back to April 21. April 21, I delayed recording the podcast because I found out that Belinda had been hit by a motorbike and both of her legs were broken. And we made a way for her to get to a hospital to have them taken care of. They were both put in a cast. And we had to buy a walker for her in order to be able to get around. And frankly, just to let you know of the price that's being paid. And listen, the price being paid is just a part of life. It's a part of progress as well. It's a part of intercession beyond any shadow of doubt. Intercession is paying a price. But the reality is, Belinda's two broken legs and time in the hospital and her walker, that was $700 that had to go out. And we paid the price for Belinda's care. That was on April 21 that the accident took place. And she did get out of the hospital. And went home. On April 25, I was doing some work here in my home. And all of a sudden, I saw something that was very hopeful to me. Let me explain. You see, Caleb in Africa is really a representation of me. I was in Africa for three months. I taught Caleb. I taught 1,200 pastors and bishops. And the work in Africa began. And when I left, I hoped that the seed would remain. But it did more than remain. Because the gift and calling, if you would, that's on my life, was imparted to Caleb. And he has faithfully continued this work, and I mean faithfully. It is, without a doubt, the most important thing in his life. He has left his wife and home and his son and gone out and taught thousands upon thousands of people, along with Walter and Jacob and others. I mean, it's multiplied. The seeds have multiplied across Africa. But Caleb really is a representation of me. It's like me still being in Africa, but it's in Caleb. And I've mentioned this to Caleb and he fully agrees. Caleb is an extension of my own life and calling. Now, that being the case, that day when something very (laughs) hopeful came to me was this. If Caleb is me, then Belinda is my wife. Do you understand that? She's in an intercessory place of being my wife. And so when Belinda's legs were broken and she had to go to the hospital, I provided financially for her, for her healing. And so... I looked at that in a whole new way that Belinda is actually interceding for my wife and taking affliction upon herself for the sake of my wife. And so it gave me great hope to see this, that I would get my wife back with Caleb and Belinda walking out their parts. Now, that was during the day. And later in the day, I saw something else. And again, this was on April 25. What I saw was the pattern of everything that's been taking place in April. And here's the pattern. Now You think about this and try to see this visually. Okay? So let's start back in March. You have Abdi. You have Choi passing out. And you have Jacob being struck with rods. Then come April 1, there was the accident. At that time, the person who was hit on the motorbike, it broke both of his legs. On April 6, Brother Choi passed out and he died. And then after that, on April 15 brother Dor's wife and the child in her womb died after that on April 20 brother Derek having taken public transportation from Kusumu where Caleb had dropped him off to continue his journeys to Busia, on April 20 in Busia. He was walking along the road and he obviously fell over dead. He was found later by someone else and he was dead. So now Brother Derek died. The next day, April 21, Belinda was hit by the motorbike. And boy, I tell you what, this is whenever Caleb was (laughs) deeply grieving over this intercession in April. But on the day after Derek died on the 21st, Belinda was now hit by a motorbike and had to be taken to the hospital, and both legs were broken. Now, this is what I saw in my mother's womb. And I think you'll see and understand it as well. Let's look at the pattern. We know what took place in March, which would have been first remnant work. But in April, let's see what pattern is developing. You had a man hit by a car. Two legs were broken. Then you have Brother Choi Dying. Then you have Sister Dor and their male child dying. Then you have Brother Derek, a male, dying. And then you have our sister Belinda hit by a motorbike, and she gets two broken legs. Do you see the pattern? It's very clear. It starts with two legs being broken, and it ends with two legs being broken. It started with the man's two legs being broken, and then it ended with the woman's two legs being broken. And what is in between there? After the two legs were broken, a man dies. Right before the two legs were broken of Belinda, a man dies. And what's in the middle? You have a woman who would represent the church of Christianity because this is the breach period. And she dies in trying to bring forth the male child. Christianity cannot bring forth the male child, Yeshua. They will utterly fail, and they have utterly failed for 2,000 years. And so do you see the pattern? It starts with, two broken legs and ends with two broken legs. And it's the failure to bring forth a male child right in the middle. And you have two men in there who testify of death. It's the same pattern of the cross. You have men on each side at the cross whose legs are broken. In this case, it's a woman's legs are broken, but you still have two legs being broken on both sides of the death of the two men, but particularly failure to bring forth a male child. Do you see what Yahweh God was testifying concerning April? It's this whole process of the failure of Christianity and its crucifixion period. Do you see it? That is clearly what the breach is all about. It is the testimony that Christianity is a failure, and it ends in death. And that's what Yahweh set forth intercessorily in the month of April, which is the breach period between March and May. Isn't this incredibly significant? And the other thing is the cost the financial cost of going through this has been high in itself. And I'm going to say this just for information sake. You will recall that in the month of March, I took a $6,000 check and would not use it personally because it was blood money from the death of my sister. And so I gave that $6,000 check to Brenda Bride And there were a huge amount of expenses that month that had to be covered, most of them related to sending people out to teach. And we haven't sent anybody out to teach per se in the month of April. It has been too costly. But what's interesting is in the month of April, the donations, the support was not sufficient to cover all of the expenses. And so in the month of April, I had to dig into my own personal finances, my social security income, and I had to pay the bills on these things. They had to be covered. I didn't have any choice. You say, well, you could have had a choice. You could have let them go. No, that's not even an option. And so the amount of money that I spent in the month of April was $6,000. So I gave $6,000. There was blood money in March and then $6,000 personally to support the work in April. And I'm thankful for all of you others who have given because I couldn't have gone much deeper. But even more significantly, I think it's the 6000 6, and Now, what it means, I don't know. I really don't. Um, I don't have a conclusion on it. But I do see it. But this ties into this matter of Belinda, and I had to pay a price for her at $700 to have her legs repaired and to restore her broken bones, and that is interesting that there is this testimony of paying a price, and I'm willing to pay whatever price is necessary I've given my family to Yahweh long time ago in the mid-70s. They belonged to him, and he said he would take care of them. But I'm very grateful for having provided for Belinda and the testimony that she, as the wife of Caleb, represents my own wife. And, of course, my wife is definitely in the breach right now. She is in Christianity, and that's what keeps her separated from me. But she's there in testimony with Belinda with two broken legs. She testifies to being just one of the others on the cross. And I pray that the price that Belinda paid for her is going to bring my wife back home to me. I hope it's in May. And if we get what we need in May regarding the Holy Spirit, that will be most encouraging and hopeful and astounding and phenomenal and critical for the future of mankind and the establishment of the bride. So, do you see these two things that unfolded in my understanding on that very day, April 25? And I was hoping that with this that the calamity would end in april but it didn't there was still a testimony and let me share that with you now first just by way of information on the 27th Caleb was called to court to come before the judge with the death of Derek, and he didn't have a lawyer because the lawyer was going to cost me $350, and I didn't have it at that time. But some other funds came in, and I was able to provide him a lawyer for an initial fee of $165. Well, it's a good thing that he had the fees for a lawyer because there was going to be a second day of hearings on this and Caleb could not attend why could he not attend Belinda his wife became very weak to the point that they took her to the hospital and started giving her oxygen because she was tumbling towards the throes of death And I found out about it, and Caleb, of course, was completely troubled by it, of course, completely troubled by it. And what they did is the care that she needed, they were going to have to transport her by ambulance to Kasumu, north of Rongo. And so they transported her to Kasumu, keeping her own oxygen. And when she got there, they immediately put her in intensive care because she was facing the throes of death. And you can only imagine what this meant to me personally because I had just said that she's interceding for my wife. And here we had the testimony of the broken legs that she provided at the end of that pattern, and what is going on now? We're still in the breach of April. What's going to happen to Caleb's wife? Caleb sent me an email initially, and his final statement in that email was, I'm tired with life. In other words, I'm tired of this life. What's taking place? what's happening? Let me tell you what folks I am greatly tired of two thousand years of the church and the corruption in it and the death and the ignorance, the blindness, this is the blind leading the blind, and the feminism yielding to the weaker side of ourselves and yielding to the female i'm tired with life myself we need a change we need Numa. we need breath that's what belinda was not getting she was not getting enough breath in her lungs and they had to give her more breath that's what we need folks We need the breath of life in our lives. That's what happened in the former rain. It was a great and mighty wind, a mighty rushing wind. That's what we need. We need breath. We need life. And I feared that Belinda was going to die. We're still in April. What's going to be the outcome? I was anxious all night, wondering what was going to happen. What would be the outcome for Belinda? And on April 29, I got a good report. Caleb said she was doing well. She was responding to treatment. They're in ICU. In Africa, none of the family go into ICU. It's strictly for the patients and the staff. That day, they moved her into a private room so that she could have the care that she needed and the family could be with her. Brother Paul was with her as well. Jacob's wife came to be with her, and she was doing well. And today, on April 30, she was released from the hospital and went home. Now, there's eight hours difference in our time in Africa. And so, for her to go home in the morning, she called me in the morning, which would be an afternoon for her then, and she spoke with me. I was talking with Caleb, and Caleb said, Belinda would like to talk with you. I said, I would love to talk with her. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Here's the woman who represents my wife. Let me tell you, it's not just her I want to talk with, I want to talk with my wife in my home. I want her to come home. And she's so sweet. She said, "Gary, thank you for saving my life." <laughs> oh. In the naturally dead. You know, it, it cost another <laughs> at least $700 or $1000 this time with all of the care And the intensive care intensive care costs six, seven hundred dollars alone. And so she said, Thank you for saving my life. (sighs) I am so hopeful that Belinda, in representing my wife, will mean that I get my wife back in May. I was hoping it would happen in March. You remember? I expressed that it'd be wonderful to get my family back. That would be a tremendous blessing. But guess what? (laughs) It's March's first remnant. It dies. the hope of getting my wife back died. It was obvious she wasn't coming. April, she still won't come, folks. Unless Yahweh does something sovereign. She stays where she is in California. Which is quite fitting because California is prophetic with Christianity. It's quite fitting because whenever we were dating each other. We were getting serious real fast. And her mother sent her to California to get away from me. and, And cool down in our relationship. And her sister was the one who was initiating it from what I understand. And she went over there. And while in California, she bleached her hair blonde or whatever, kind of a yellow blonde. And guess where my wife is today? She's in California getting away from me and supported by all these Christians over there. And guess what color her hair is? At her age, she turned silver. And from the pictures I've seen, it's kind of a gold and silver. It's really the exact same color it was when she went to California as a girl trying to get away from me, at least from their family wanting her to be away from me. And now she's got the family of Christianity that supports her being away from me. So she's over there in Californication. And what she needs to do is come home. I told her I have something special for her when she comes home, whenever she was young, you know, whenever we were dating and what I did is I bought a promise ring that she put on a chain as a little ring and wear around your neck and whenever I said I've got something special for you when you get here actually she was quite anxious and scared because she thought I was going to give her a marriage proposal ring and so she didn't tell me that until several years later but I gave her a promise ring and I hope that Yahweh God has given us a promise that not only is my wife coming home as well as my children, but there is so much that needs to be repaired after this breach of Christianity for 2,000 years. And folks, in the month of April, we have gone through hell. You got two broken legs. You got a man dying. You got a woman Whose name is Dor, and she can't bring forth the male child because Christianity is not the door. They cannot bring forth the male child. And so, Sister Dor and the male child died. Then you had another brother, Derek, die. And then you had Belinda with two broken legs. And I pay the cost to heal them. And remember, too. Whenever the man broke into their home, and that was on April the 18th, someone broke into the home and stole everything. And I guarantee you that's exactly what Satan has done for 2,000 years. He has stolen from man. And I paid $660, $680, somewhere in there, to restore everything back to her. And I did it intentionally, and not even knowing about this intercession that she represented my wife. I did it intentionally saying Satan is not going to get the victory here. I am going to repay everything that Satan stole. And I pray that we as the bride can pay the same price. And if I had to pay it personally in my life, absolutely do so. I told Yahweh once, you've taken me very low. But I give you the right to take me even lower. We have to pay a price for the kingdom's sake. That's what I've seen in my own life with the loss of my family included. And that's what we see in the month of April. There's a price that has to be paid. It is so naive, so shallow of Christians to say it is finished. Jesus paid it all. Jesus did not pay it all. Jesus said, If you're going to be my disciples, take up your cross and follow me. If you're going to be used of God, then plan on it costing you a great deal. Because even as he paid the price, we pay the price as well. We are intercessors. And that's what we see in March, April, And then we reap the benefits in May. You pay the price so that you can reap the benefits. And I pray and trust and have a degree of confidence looking at March and April, what's taking place. I pray and trust that we as intercessors have paid a price and we will inherit that which we all need and that is the provision of of the latter rain. Do you see it? Do you understand what March and April have meant? It gives us hope that May is going to be the provision from above. Let me share something else that I saw that gives great hope as well. Very recently, just within the last few days, I was thinking about the month of May and what Yahweh might do, and that led me to wonder if there have been any other events happening in May that would give me some understanding and some hope, possibly. What else could May testify to? And then I immediately considered something. Now, <laughs> this may sound strange to you, but I don't remember all my children's birthdays. I, I just don't. I can't tell you when Rebecca was born. I can't tell you when Micah was born. I knew when Catherine was born because it was two days before our wedding, and I do remember my wedding date. That was June 6th, so Catherine had to be born on June 4th, and it was only recently that I was reminded that Grace was born on April 1. Now, of course, she's entirely prophetic. She's the fifth child of her five. And she was supposed to have been born March 31. You say, well, what do you mean supposed to have been? Well, <laughs> my wife was having contractions. Let me tell you, the timing of it, it would have been March 31. But then my wife's contractions totally stopped. And also, we had found out that this baby that was in her was a breach. Now, Mavis and I never had wanted to know what the sex of the baby was until birth. We wanted to keep it a surprise. And so the midwife did a pelvic exam on my wife when she got to our house because we did home deliveries for the last three. And she came to me with this message she said, it's a little girl and she's breech. And she wanted to know what I wanted to do. I said, have you delivered any breech babies? And she said, yes, I've delivered three. And I said, well, I'm going to go pray. Now, I'm going to get back to the rest of the story. This is, we're taking a little diversion here, but I'm telling you about grace. And so I said, well, I'm going to go pray. And when I went to pray, I knew exactly what the father was saying to me. And that is Jeremiah chapter 29. I know my plans for you. They're for good and not adversity that you might have a future and a hope. And I went back to the midwife and I told her that. And that's when my wife's contractions completely stopped. She went and took a shower. We all went to bed. And on April one. I called the doctor. He said, well, you have about eight hours because her water's already broken. Of course, let me add something else, though, concerning the water. I asked the midwife, can you turn her? She said, no, no. She said, and I quote her, that would take a burning bush in the wilderness miracle. Because the water had broken and the womb was holding her. She couldn't turn. So that next morning I had her to go and do another exam on Mavis, my wife. She came back to me. She says she's dilated X centimeters, head is down. Yahweh performed a burning bush in the wilderness miracle and repaired the breach. He repaired the breach. That is our hope. And so when we entered into this breach on April 1, Yahweh God was testifying, as far as I'm concerned, that he's going to repair this breach. And what made it even more significant is that my daughter Grace had not called me for a few months. They don't contact me now. And she's the only one that contacted me out of five children and a wife. She's the only one that contacted me. And on the 5th of April, Grace called. And later on, I thought, you know, this is very hopeful. On April 5, Grace calls. And she's the one who testifies the repairing of the breach. So now you know a little bit about this testimony that my family provides. It's very prophetic. I have two daughters, Christy and Rebecca. Then I have a son who was born next, and the cord was wrapped around his neck three times. And then I have two daughters. This would be Catherine and Grace. Catherine was dipped in blood, just like the second bird from partial placenta privia. She was dipped in blood. She came out dipped in blood, blood all over her. That's an unforgettable experience. And then after Catherine, then Grace came and she repaired the breach. And so I wondered uh, is there anything else in May that would tell us that something could happen? And all of a sudden, boom, it dawned on me. <laughs> Christy was born May 21. She's the only one that I remember a date for her birthday. May 21. It's always stuck in my head. May 21. So here's Christie's birth date coming up in the same month in which we hope for the latter rain. Now, let's add one other thing to that. The latter rain, we hope, is going to be May 31, and Christie was born May 21. Hmm. That's a 10 days difference. Does anybody know anything about something that happened in which there was a 10 day reversal? A testimony that was divinely 10 days before something? Yeah. Do you know of Hezekiah? In 2 Kings chapter 20. We see an incredible testimony. Now, keep in mind, Hezekiah is the one who called the double portion delayed Passover. And that's what we have on May 31. Our tabernacle's Pentecost falls on the same day that would be right in the middle of a double portion delayed Passover called by Hezekiah. So, what's the story about Hezekiah in 2 Kings chapter 20? Well, he was dying. Same thing has been happening for 2,000 years. He was dying. Isaiah tells him, hey, get your house in order, for you will die and not live. Folks, if Yahweh doesn't do something, then for the next 1,000 years, Satan will continue to take man to death, and we will not live. So with that message, Hezekiah did what? He turned his face to the wall. and Folks, that's where we are. If Yahweh doesn't do something, (laughs) we're going to hit the wall, and we're going to die. But he cried out to Yahweh and asked for mercy. And with that prayer, Yahweh God spoke to Isaiah and said, go back to him. And here was his message. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of Yahweh. I will add 15 years to your life and I will deliver you. Did you hear that? He said, On the third day, you shall go up to the house of Yahweh. On the third day. Folks, that's where we are. We are on the third day. We are in the third thousand year period, the millennial reign already. That's why it's even possible for the Elijah work to come forth. Forth. It is now the third day. It can legally produce the Elijah who prepares the way for Emmanuel. All of this has to take place in the third day, and that's where we are. And then we read, Now Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What will be the sign that Yahweh will heal me? Keep in mind, folks, this is prophecy. This is not just a little story you teach in Sunday school. This is prophecy. What will be the sign that Yahweh will heal me and that I shall go up to the house of Yahweh on the third day? Isaiah said, This shall be the sign to you from Yahweh that Yahweh will do the thing that he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten steps or go back ten steps. So Hezekiah answered, It is easy for the shadow to decline ten steps. No, but let the shadow turn backward ten steps. Isaiah the prophet cried to Yahweh, and he brought the shadow on the stairway back ten steps by which it had gone down, To the stairway of Ahaz. So when I considered that Christie's birth date was May 21, and there are 10 days difference between May 31 and May 21, and when I thought about this promise given to Hezekiah, the king who brought forth the double portion delayed Passover. And since Yahweh's already testified with my last born child, Grace, who was born on April 1, and now my first born child, Christy, who was born on May 21, I have cause, folks, to have hope that Yahweh is going to do something on May 21 by turning time back 10 steps turning the shadow back 10 steps. I trust that Yahweh is going to perform something on May 21 that will evidence that he is going to do something on May 31. My family is very prophetic. The number of my children, everything that takes place, seems to evidence that God has worked all of this out beforehand just in our lives. Now, do we know that this is going to happen on May 21? (laughs) Number one, we don't even know what it could be. But if right now we're looking through this new windshield and we can see like we've not seen before, something should happen on May 21. But this is all we have. We have testimonies. We've had them before. Is this one going to be fulfilled in the way that we have longed for? For so long? And for me? For 23 years? And I've already talked about the 23, 23, 23? Is this the time? Well, April tells us we're on the other side of the breach. (laughs) Let me tell you what. Praise Yahweh for that. And let me tell you who else is praising Yahweh. Caleb Aguta is praising Yahweh because he thought he was going to lose his wife who was not getting enough breath. Folks, we have not had enough breath for 2,000 years. We need for Yeshua to breathe on us just like he testified when he returned and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We need for him to fill our lungs with the pneuma, with the breath. He needs to fill our being with the Holy Spirit. I hope that will happen come May 31. And I hope that what happens on May 21 will testify that he will indeed perform this miracle so that we can go up to the house of Yahweh on the third day. And I assure you that if he does something profound on May 21, not only will I get my family back, but it is going to seemingly cause an arousal so that people want to be present on May 31. The first person who came to me and said, I'm going to be at your house on May 31 was Tommy Tillman. I can't remember what he was listening to. It was one of the podcasts. But he was entirely committed to, I will be at your house on May 31. Subsequently, another brother has said, I have put in requests for time off my work, and I will be at your house for May 31. So we've got two witnesses, two brothers have already committed. And if May 21 gives us a trumpet, if you would, you know, it's very interesting. There are two different kinds of trumpets in the Bible. There is a silver trumpet, and its purpose was to call a gathering. And it was also the silver trumpet that was used to call the people to go forward whenever they were traveling with the Ark of the Covenant and traveling to the promised land. That trumpet, they blew it, and they went forward. And it was a silver trumpet. Well, folks, silver is the bride. Gold is Yeshua, silver is the bride, and bronze is Christianity, the body of Christ. This is a silver trumpet that calls people forth. That's what we need. We need a work that is going to call people So that at the trumpet, the great trumpet, we will all ascend. And I pray with this foundation of March and the bitterness of April, I pray that what we're seeing now will be fulfilled. And May 21 will be very significant. If it's not, it's like that scripture says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I've had so much heart sickness over the years, especially in the last 23 years. (laughs) I hope this is the time in which I've paid my debt and we get something. We get a testimony on May 21. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we have had a testimony in April. You remember what Brother Caleb said? I wish they would take April out of the calendar. And it was bitter to the very end. On April 28th, his wife was being taken to intensive care, and it looked like she was going to die. But Yahweh gave her the pneuma, gave her breath in her lungs. And Caleb called me today, and sweet Belinda got on the phone and said, Gary, (laughs) she has a high voice, she says, Gary. Thank you for saving my life. Brothers and sisters, I pray God does a work in this man and in this bride that is going to save the lives of thousands upon thousands. The scripture says that the bride cannot even be counted. I pray that this bride work will save the lives of a multitude that is without number. Gary, thank you for saving my life. I pray Yahweh God will save my marriage and bring my wife home too. Caleb's wife went home and Caleb rejoiced. Caleb's wife and Caleb had all the things that Satan stole from their home returned. I gave them the money to go buy it and they restored their house. I pray that my own household will be restored. I pray that the second remnant will be a restored work the first remnant already dying. I pray that work of the remnant will be restored and the breach between them. 2000 years of Christianity will be repaired. Financially, we have stood in the breach folks. Financially you have provided and the funds for myself as well. We have stood in the breach and help to make Caleb and Belinda and all the others get through this breach that's taking place in Africa relative to Caleb and the continuation of the work that Yahweh used me to begin a year and a half ago. Prophetically, that's the first remnant. They were a year and a half work. I don't know all that Yahweh God is doing. I know it will be exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. It's going to be what man has longed for since the garden. That's what needs to happen to prepare the way for Emmanuel. And right now is the most hopeful opportunity that I've seen in my life. And again, 2017, 2017, marks the completion of the third 23-year period in my life, three twenty-threes. The other two were marked by significant life-changing experiences. That's what we need now. The other two would be shadows. What really needs to happen is what we need now. And for Yahweh God to restore the breach, send us his Holy Spirit, establish a bride who makes herself ready with the headship of the Elijah. Folks, Christianity is a multi-headed beast. Even the Catholic Pope is just one of the other heads. There has to be a work that has the headship of the Elijah, who is the 12th Apostle, and there will be 12 latter rain apostles established. The government of the second remnant, the second bride will be established on this earth. And we, his bride, will lay down our palm branches, which are the teachings that come from the head of the Elijah, which is what you're hearing right now. And we will lay down our garments, our lives, one sole purpose. Let me repeat that to you. One sole purpose. All the things of the world. Pass away. With this one. Sole hope. And that is. That we. Give up all. To follow him to prepare the way for Emmanuel laying our garments down and he catches up to heaven and we enter into an immortal incorruptible body on the 15th day and out of our innermost being will flow rivers of living water and we come back and rule and reign with him for a thousand years. All of the teachings of Christianity, folks, just about all of them are dung. They come from the flesh. It's flesh man taking the word of God, taking it into his carnal flesh, processing it, and out of his posterior mouth that has two lips, just like his first mouth has, takes that and feeds it to the people. But I pray that what Yahweh is giving us now is truth, and life. And it will bring forth the kingdom of heaven to this earth, Yahweh willing. We don't know what's going to happen in May. We have hope for the 21st. We have hope for the 31st. And we have ample reason to have that hope. Let me tell you one other story, folks. I have often said, by God or not at all, And you may know the origin of that statement. Hear me. In May of 1994, the month before the Holy Spirit came upon me in June, in May of 1994, I went outside with pen and paper to write my monthly newsletter to all the supporters of Sunshine House Ministries, which was a ministry that I had begun that was for the care and help of the poor and the needy, which you who are listening to this right now, don't care how wealthy you are, you're poor and needy, guarantee you. I had one goal in Sunshine House Ministries and that was to build a home for the needy. That goal is being fulfilled at a higher level. The home for the needy that we all need is that which is above where our mother is in May of 1994 I went out to write that newsletter I sat down and God didn't give me anything I mean nothing zero to write so I just started writing I said if God doesn't speak to me this is going to be the shortest newsletter that you have ever received new paragraph By God, or not at all? And then I signed off on it. That was in May of 1994. And just recently I've wondered, hmm, did that happen in May of 1994? As a foreshadowing of what would happen in May of 2017? By God? Or not at all? I think so. I hope so. I hope that's why I could not receive anything to say in May of 1994. Because it needs to be said in May of 2017. Yes, we have hope. And we look to Yahweh to fulfill his word and give us that in May, which we have needed for 2,000 years. Hanging on my bedroom wall here in this home that I totally remodeled, which is what needs to happen to the church, is a scripture that is hand calligraphied by Christie, the one who was born on May 21. She was very good with calligraphy, and she was very artistic. It is Psalm 126. It's only six verses long, and here it is. A song of the ascents. A-S-C-E-N-T-S, ascents. And that's what we need to do. We need to ascend into heaven. When Yahweh brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. Like maybe even dreaming about May. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. Could you can use some of that. And our tongue with joyful shouting. Then they said, among the nations. And let me tell you, if Yahweh completes the work that needs to begin this month, the nations will be dramatically affected by it. Then they said, among the nations, Yahweh has done great things for them. Yahweh has indeed done great things for us. We are glad. I think of Caleb at this point. (laughs) Glad? Was he glad that Belinda did not die? (laughs) He was glad. Verse 4. Restore our captivity, O Yahweh. It's not only captivity in this world, but in our flesh as well. Restore our captivity, O Yahweh, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. Last verse. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again. Think of the second remnant versus the first remnant. Shall indeed come again with a shout, with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Brothers and sisters, that is what we need right now. That's been hanging on my wall since 1994 or possibly 95, but most likely 1994. And I hope that Yahweh fulfills it this year, begins fulfilling it this year, actually, that Yahweh will do something, a shout, something that is suddenly heard, and Yahweh will give us his Holy Spirit so that our tears can all be wiped away. So it is with great hope that we face the month of May, having eaten the bitter herbs of April and the death that it has brought and the pain and the price and the hurt that it has brought may may be the fulfillment that we all need that we would receive the latter rain on May 31 and thereby prepare the way for Emmanuel and to be caught up in the air to join him and return to rule and reign for a thousand years. That is our hope. And we look to him. To fulfill it. And we look to him. For the month of May. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Before I go. I have to add. A P.S. You will recall. My mention of Abdi. At the beginning of this podcast. And. And he occupies the place of being the initiator of transition because when Abdi was up in Algeria teaching bride truth and he was a former Muslim. He's taught in Libya. He's taught in Morocco. He lives in Egypt and he was in Algeria to conduct three meetings and he was in a car wreck and it marks this changed towards April because in this wreck, his leg was broken. We provided the funds for the healing process for his broken leg and really didn't hear much about him since then until recently. I found out from Walter, who keeps contact with him, that he was going to need brain surgery because of a blood clot that was as a result of the accident. Now, that's as far as I got on this, but Walter did talk to the doctor who was going to provide the surgery, and they were needing finances. It looks like in Egypt, the country provides the hospital, but the individual has to pay the cost for the doctor. And they were needing $360 for the surgeon. So, on April 28, I provided that sum to Walter to get to Obdi. And I find it most interesting and quite striking that Walter contacted me on April 30, the last day of the breach, and said that the surgery was successful and that Abdi would be okay. The next day, on May 1, Walter called again and said Abdi is doing fine. And then today, in this P.S. period, Walter called and said that Abdi was awake and that he was doing well. I find it most significant And quite interesting, that Abdi was the marker of this transition into April, the breach. And that here at the very end of the breach, Abdi comes to our attention again. And his testimony is that despite this head injury, and with the aid of the support from the bride... He's going to be fine. Abdi marked the beginning of this transition into the breach. And with everything that has taken place, Abdi once again comes into focus to mark the completion. Now, if that wasn't already enough, did you hear the amount that I said that I had to provide for the surgery? Is quite striking. I provided $360. How many degrees are there in a circle where one gets back to the origin of where one began? 360 degrees. So they requested $360 from us to secure Abdi's healing and his life And he marks the beginning and the end of this breach testimony. I mean, what more do we need to evidence that this is Yahweh's work? And this gives us even greater hope that may will be his work as well. And we look to the Father for his provisions. Once again, I say, Amen.